Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us as we seek to establish Christ followers who live in obedience to God's Word and make an impact in their community and the world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Brad continues in his sermon series called Return and Rebuild, challenging us that no matter what has knocked us down, in Christ we are victorious. So it's time to get back up. Are you ready to make an impact for Christ? The time is now. Good morning, Impact Church. How is everybody this morning? Good? All right. Everybody awake? Ready to roll? So uh, getting uh, right to it, diving right in. We're uh, continuing in our sermon series entitled Return and Rebuild. We've been going expositionally through the book of Ezra. And God's had an amazing word for us throughout this whole series. But specifically the past few weeks, we've been looking at challenging times, things that get us down, things that want to make us quit. You ever been there? Or maybe it's just me. Man, life's hard. And then when you have an enemy fighting against you, life's harder. And I don't know if you know this, you have an enemy that has a phased triangular attack against you. It is a threefold attack. It's the, the oldest kind of military scheme in the book, a triangular attack where you surround your enemy in attack. So you have your flesh that you're fighting, you have the world, and then you have Satan himself. You have three things coming against you, trying to hold you down, trying to make sure that you wanna, don't want to do anything for God, that you don't want to speak up at all, wants to keep you in, in despair and depression and fear and anxiety, wants to keep you in sin and entangle you in, in that, that trap that just kills your soul and kills your family and where you feel like you can't get up. That's where he wants you. That's the triangular attack that you're in. So if you feel defeated, maybe that's because you've been attacked. So when you are attacked, and we all will be attacked, what do we do? Do we get back up? We, we talked about last week a, a, a boxer getting knocked down and, and, and alluding to the fact that we're going to get knocked down in life, but doesn't mean we're defeated. You're only defeated if you choose to stay down. So will you choose to get back up? Here's what you need to realize. Here's what I need to realize. When you get back up, the other fighter's still standing there, daring you to get up. Because I'm going to hit you in the face again. But are you ready? Are you ready to trust God who is reaching his hand down to pick you up and say, hey, you're there because you did it your way, maybe. You gave in to your sin. You gave in to your own understanding. You listened to the people who were ridiculing you, coming against you, just like these Israelites did. You're down because you chose to be down. Will you get up this time and do it my way? Because now, if we can go together and you can have your strength in me, now we'll defeat this punk that's been knocking you down. Are you ready for that kind of victory in your life? Because when you get up, the opposition's still going to be there. That addiction, that sin, that whatever it is, is still going to be right there facing you, ready to knock you down again. But if you get up and do it in God's way, in God's strength this time, you will overcome. You will overcome. You will struggle. You will fight. You will mess up at times. But in Christ, you will not be defeated. Hey, what if I told you, maybe you're in a position where you're ready to quit on something in some way. Maybe you're getting ready to quit on the Lord. You're just giving up. You're tired of trying. What if I told you that if you got up and you did it God's way, you did it this way, that there's guaranteed victory ahead. Would you stay down or would you get up? Get up, baby. Guaranteed victory. It doesn't mean that life's going to be great and hunky-dory and look the way we want it to, but it means that we're guaranteed to reach the other side in Christ. You say, hold up, Brad. What are you talking about? What's the other side? Glory. <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't mean things, every, everything's going to be just like you want it to in this world. I'm not going to give you a false message of hope that this world, word doesn't preach. He's talking about he will deliver you to the other side. Yes, sometimes he will deliver you out of a circumstance. Yes, sometimes he delivers you through a circumstance. Or he can deliver you unto himself. And for a Christian, if you're in Christ, that's far better. 
than anything else you could be in. Do you believe that? We just went through the whole series in Philippians with Paul saying that. You can go back and check that out as we went through that book. So our message today is do we dare to get up when we've been knocked down? Because in Christ, what we're going to see, if we do it his way, if we return to what he's calling us to do, that there's guaranteed victory ahead. Let me pray for us before we dive in. Dear Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, the reason why we're here, Lord, we want to magnify you. Lift up your name. Make your name famous. Preach your word. Lord, depend on you to give us understanding and direction and guidance and application as to how you want us to use this message in our lives. And I promise you we're all facing something right now, Lord. We know it. You know it. And Lord, how this message is going to apply to us each individually may look very different. So Lord, I pray that you would meet us all where we're at. And Lord, your word and your promise is that you're not going to leave us where we're at if we trust in you. So Lord, today, Lord, I pray that this word would fall upon fertile soil of minds and hearts that are ready to receive it. And ready to walk in obedience to it through your spirit, Lord, because you have something different. You have something better, Lord. You don't want us to quit, Lord, because there's something ahead that the enemy is trying to stop. Lord, because he knows how you use people, how you've used people in the past that surrender their hearts and lives to you. And he doesn't want anything of it. So, Lord, help your people hear your word today and walk in it. Lord, that we can be vessels with clean hands and a pure heart to walk forward into everything that you have for us. And Lord, you're going to get all the glory as we dare to get up today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn with me to the book of Ezra. Or if you have it on your phone or tablet, that's fine too. You can light up your face there with the screen. Ezra chapter 4, we're going to review and hit verse 24, and then we're going to move into chapter 5 and hit verses 1 and 2 today. So we'll be in Ezra chapter 4, 24, and then 5 up to verse 2. All right, you got it? Here the page is still flipping. I'll give you all a second. I always heard a joke. Said, man said, the, the pastor told us to, to turn to Haggai and then start to read. It's like, why won't you give us a second to get there, right? It's not a common book. I understand. So here we are in Ezra 24 and in the chapter 5. The Word of God says this. Thus the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased. And it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Chapter 5, then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Ido, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. Did you just see what happened there? We just went quickly from being knocked down to getting back up, didn't they? Hey, so we're going to have a message here today. Are you ready for it? Because I believe there's somebody in here that's been knocked down, and you need a word from the Lord so you can get back up because God's got a plan for you. So here it is. We know verse 24 says they stopped working. They stopped the progress that the Lord commanded them to do, that the Lord was stirring in their heart to do. You remember all our messages through chapter 1? And, and, and chapter 2, how the Lord was stirring and moving in their hearts and gathering all these people to go do his work. And he had moved in the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia at the time, to make this decree to call the people out of Babylon to go back to Jerusalem and build the temple. And the Lord even stirred in their hearts enough for, for the, the king and, and the, the people of uh, Babylon to fund the event, to give them resources they didn't have. Remember all that? God was in this. He had even gotten the king behind this. So I want you to get this. Up to this point... No king decree or order had come place to stop them. Only opposition and resistance from people who were against them in the work of the Lord. 
I want you to hear that message. Yeah, you say, oh, but Pastor Brad, we had that, that message last week. It said there was a, a, a decree that came down. You remember? But that was from fast forward, a clip taken from Nehemiah, really, in the time we're trying to build the wall in the city. Okay? All right? And that showed the length of the resistance that they had to endure. So same situation. They're going to get back up here and rebuild, but the resistance isn't gone. It isn't all hunky-dory and clear skies and smooth sailing now, baby. Ain't that what the prosperity gospel preaches? not in there man there was still opposition there were still hard times but these people through God and through being obedient to his word were going to move forward into what God called them to do how about you will you and I do that will we resolve in our heart to make that step to do that so here's what they're up against still opposition to this point they've stopped because of it because it's been too hard it's it's made them retreat and fall back you ever been there before as well you just get going. You just get doing something for the Lord. Man, that's what these people have been doing. They just got started. And man, you're, maybe you're on fire and you're excited. And then, man, boom, here it comes. That attack, that attack from other people, that, that attack from your own flesh, the world, the enemy, right? Getting you entangled in that sin, all right, that will that, keep you back from experiencing and being all God wants you to be. And then there's, if that's not hard enough, then you have people coming against you, just like these Israelites did. You're going where? You're going to church? You're doing what? You're going to pray? You're going to read your Bible? You're going to fast? You believe all that stuff? You believe in God? What do you do when that happens? Do you you be quiet? Do you retreat? Do you pull back? Or do you stand strong in your faith? What happens when the sin that so easily entangles ensnares you and gets you down? Do, do you fall into it? Do you make excuses for your sin and say, well, it's because I was this and I grew up this way and my dad and my mom did this to me. And blah, 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 blah. We can make all kinds of excuses or we can choose to get our heart and life right with Jesus and stand on his word. What are you going to do? You can stay down or you can get up. But if you choose to live in your sin, you will always stay right there down, defeated. That's what sin does, man. It stinks. It's nasty. And it suppresses what God wants to do in your life. That's why the enemy wants you to live in it. Man, but God wants to come. Here's why he went to the cross was to set you free. Not free to sin, free to get up out of sin through his spirit and through his power and live in the life abundant that he has for you. Can you hear that word today? It's Jesus. It's all about him. His strength, his power, his spirit living in you. So really what we're going to see right here today is a re-return. They've already returned, okay, started building. They've got squashed down now for 16 years. Yeah, there might have been excuse for a small delay because of the resistance, the things that were happening. But a small delay turned into a long delay by their choice. Has a small delay turned into a long delay by your and my choice in our life? What kind of delay are you in right now because of your own retreat, your own surrender to the world and not to Christ? And it's delayed, it sets you back, it's suppressed you. You've gone on to just live a life of comfort and what's pleasing and what makes sense to you. That's what these Israelites return to. Because not only did they stop working on the temple, they just went back to their own lives. They just did what they wanted to do. They started building their own house, working on my own house. I'm going to get my own stuff right, man. I'm good. This is more comfortable anyway. Ain't nobody resisting me when I do this. This is comfortable. How about you spiritually? You ever done that? You tried to step out, be on fire for the Lord. You've met resistance, so you retreated back to what's comfortable, what makes sense, living your own life for your own world, building your own kingdom and not the kingdom of God that he's commanded. So we have a message here today. These message, these people rather, have stepped aside from God's work to work on their own life, selfishly, with no God mission focus anymore. They've quit, and they need to be renewed again. Thank God for his faithfulness. The first message we see here right off the bat, moving into chapter 5 in our book of Ezra, is... That a word came to them. Who did it come through? Some prophets, didn't it? What is the primary way that God speaks today, church? What's the primary way? His word, right? 
What is the primary way he spoke back then? Yes, there was some of his word, but he spoke because the word of God was not completed then. He spoke to chosen people and through chosen people, right? To give them his word, which was then documented for us. So when these prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, the other prophets, when they spoke, was it a man speaking to them or was it God? It was God. And even the prophets will see said that. This is the Lord speaking. This ain't me. So, hey, make no mistake. This ain't some just dude saying, oh, man, y'all getting it wrong, and I'm going to come tell you about yourself. That's not it. This is, hey, man, it's breaking my heart to see what's going on. You're breaking God's heart. Here's what the Lord says. Let's get it right. So, first of all, we need to know that, yes, Zechariah, Haggai are speaking, but it's not them. They're just the messenger all right I stand up here every week and I don't want to give my words I don't want to give my opinion why because my words don't mean anything my opinion should not mean anything to you it's just my opinion but if I can stand up here and solely and wholesomely preach this word then you need to listen to everything that's said because it's not my word but God's does it make sense so that's exactly what was happening here, just in a different format. They couldn't open the word and say, this says the Lord. It come through the prophets to them. So first point today out of three that we're going to make on our dare to get up is to know God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you and to me. Are we listening? Are you listening? Or have you stiff-armed God? Say, speak to the hand because the ears ain't listening. You know what I'm saying? Is that your attitude to God? Is that your attitude to solid, sound, biblical preaching and you run to the teachers that tickle your ears? Or do you wholesomely repent and seek God and let the word convict you and get your life and heart right with God? That's the beautiful thing of God's word, man. It changes lives. If our heart's right to receive it. I love Hebrews 12, 25 says, man, see to it that you don't refuse him who speaks. Said, man, if, if they couldn't get away with it for those that people spoke to him on earth, how much so are we not going to get away with it from one who speaks from heaven directly through his word? It's a beautiful thing. So don't refuse the Lord when he speaks, and he's speaking, and he's speaking now to us, and he's speaking right here to these people. Here's also what I love. It says the, uh, the prophet's names. It gives us Haggai and Zechariah, but does it... Say here in Ezra what they said. Doesn't say it, does it? So yeah, that's cool. The word of the Lord came, but what was it? I don't know. Until you say, oh, hold up, Haggai, Zechariah, and then you, you flip through these uh, 66 books of the Bible, and you come to, oh, oh Haggai. Oh, Zechariah. Do, do you, you think maybe, yep, yeah, same guys. God's word. Do you think maybe that what's in there was what, what, yeah, what they said there? Hey, don't you love God's word? God's word always supports itself. God, God's word always interprets itself. You ever have a question in here about something? Look at the whole word of God. It will answer that question for you. You don't have to lean to your own understanding or to a man's understanding. All you got to do is acknowledge God. He is going to make your path straight through his word. It's him. It's his word. It is the infallible, inerrant word of God. There is no mistake or contradiction in this Bible. It is God's word to us today. Do you believe it? Do you listen to it? Do you obey it when you hear it? There's the difference. Because Satan and his demons know this word too. But they don't obey it. So if you and I know the word but don't obey it, are we any different? Than a demon? What you think about that? That's some pretty strong stuff, and that's a different message for another day. Don't get me sidetracked. All right? Well, let's keep going. The difference is the Spirit of God in us that leads us to walk in obedience. It's not legalism. It's not do's and don'ts. It's not rules. It's a relationship with God that changes and transforms us. Well, let's read Haggai then. Chapter 1. If this is one of the dudes that spoke and, and gave a word to, to get these people to, to dare to get up, what did he say? Haggai chapter 1, turn with me, and let's read verses 1 through 9. 
Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the second year of King Darius, oh, hold up. Is that familiar? We just read that in Ezra chapter 4, didn't we? The work of the house of the temple had stopped until what? The second year of King Darius. Oh my goodness, the Bible is just right on time. Here we go. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts. Is it Haggai's word or is it? Yes, the Lord of hosts' word. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts. Here we go. Keep reading. This people says, this time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Hear that again. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Whoo, that's not ear-tickling preaching right there, is it, buddy? That's a strong word. That's a very loving, caring, but direct and convicting word. That's what the word of God sounds like when we get out of step, when we get out of balance. It's not a, a coddling, oh, it's okay, keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, I know you'll come around back to me. Stop, repent. Come back. What are you doing? You're living for yourself. You're living in your own understanding. You're living for your own sin. You've, you've become knocked off balance. You're down and you need to get up. That's the word of Haggai to these people. Very clear. Very specific. Don't turn away. Even like your ancestors did before you, the message was, hey, come back. Let's get this right beautiful message. And, and I love this part where it says that the people's excuse. Did you catch that in the beginning part? It says, the time's not come yet where we should build the temple of the Lord. Oh, in other words, it's not our fault that we're not doing this. It's just not the Lord's timing. Oh boy, doesn't that sound really spiritual though? You ever been there? <laughs> you ever been there where you know, you, you, you know, you know what I'm saying, that you've backed out of something that the Lord's called you to do because you're scared, you don't want to step out, or because you've given in to your sin, and, and it's just not the Lord's timing for you yet. Been there? Sounds really spiritual, but deep down inside, God knows our heart, and God knew their heart. This had nothing to do with God's timing. This was a people who had disobeyed God, re, re, uh, retreated, and fell back because of opposition, and God was trying to Wake up, baby. Come back. Hey, I still want you. I still love you. I still want to use you. I still, I'm with you, but come back. Somebody needs that message today. Same with these Israelites. And Haggai brought the message of the Lord right there to them. Called them out in it. What do you mean it's not their God's timing? You see what he said back? So is it time inst instead for you to dwell in your own paneled houses while this temple lies in ruins? ha. <laughs> Oh, oh, Ooh, that's a toe stepper right there. So it, it is time for you to live for yourself and do what you want to do and build your kingdom. But mm, that's a hard word, but it's a very honest word. And it's what the Lord brought to these people. You're making excuses why you're not doing what I've called you to do, but you're living for yourself because it's comfortable. You're going back to just what you want to do because it makes sense. Instead, God was trying to get these people to wake up and know that their sacrifice should be the same as what they want to do for themselves, as what they want to do for the Lord's work. It's not that God's just some kind of 
cosmic cop, and every time we're not doing something specific for the Lord, he's like, ah, you shouldn't be doing that, shouldn't be doing that. No, that's it. First of all, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, you should work as unto the Lord and not to man, right? So anything you do, whether you're building your own house, whatever you're doing should be with the idea of, God, I'm doing this for you, by you, and for you, all right? But then God just wanted him to come back to what he's called him to. They had retreated on their own. If we look at just Haggai's prophecy, we see that there is direct encouragement for them to get busy, to return to the work on the temple. But if we had that by itself, somebody may be confused and think maybe the Lord was just interested in building a building. But that wasn't it. First of all, we see the attitude that Haggai comes from the Lord with, and he's concerned about their heart, their priorities. Where's your priorities? That was Haggai's message. You've stepped back. You've returned to your own life, doing your own thing. Where's your priorities? Get back to a God-focused existence. But then, because we have another prophet here in Zechariah, we're going to get the rest of kind of God's story to these people. Because Zechariah is going to come with more of, of, a, of a spiritual condition focus and return from these exiles. The name Zechariah of the prophet means the Lord remembers. That's a pretty fitting title for a prophet that God's using to restore a group of people. And the Lord remembers. Don't you think about that? So Zechariah here is on the scene, and he wants to encourage and mobilize God's people to accomplish what God wants to do in their life spiritually as well as physically. It's not just about a building. It's about a return to restoring worship, restoring a, a God-centered life for all of his people. If you look at the scripture, we don't have time, obviously, to read through all of Zechariah. It's 14 chapters. You can read that later. Some prophecy in it as well. So, but Zechariah comes on the scene two months, the Bible says, after Haggai, all right? So it's like this one-two punch where, hey, the Lord wants to make sure, because if you read the end of Haggai, you know, basically within that same month, they get back to work on the temple. So it's not like they didn't move, but God wants to make sure that they understand that he's calling them to not just build, not just get a priority for him, but to spiritually return. So God wants us to spiritually return, not just return to church, not just return to, to serving, to doing your Bible study. or uh, That's all great. You should do it. Please don't get me wrong. But God wants you and I to return to an attitude and a heart of repentance and surrender. God, my life is yours. I got this wrong. I got this messed up. I messed up again for the 20th time. Lord, would you forgive me? I surrender my heart and my life to you. That's what the call of Zechariah was. So we have this loving, caring message again, straight to conviction. It's God's word. Let's read a piece of it. Chapter 7. Turn with me to uh, flip a few pages over to Zechariah chapter 7. I want to read verses 4 through 7 to you. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 4 through 7. It says, Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me. Here we go again. Not Zechariah's word, Lord's word. Saying to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? For me? Oh. When you eat and when you drink, do you not eat and drink for yourselves? Should you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous and the south and the lowland were inhabited? What's he saying there? You did all these spiritually great things. You did a lot of good works, but your heart was wrong. You were still living for yourself. You were still living in sin. You didn't obey my word. You didn't let my spirit run through you to give you a desire to follow my word. Remember Ezekiel? That passage, that's what God wants to do in us. Put a spirit in us and give us a desire for something different. Do you have that desire for something different? I hope you do. Because if you don't, either you've been deceived and knocked down, or, or maybe you don't have the spirit of God in you. You've been playing church with God. Because when God's spirit enters you through true salvation and from, from repentance and surrender, he changes you. It doesn't mean that you're going to get everything right from that point forward, but it means you sure do have a new desire to not mess up. I can tell you that. There's no more excuses anymore. There's no more desire for the old, and, and, and it just gradually fades away. I can't explain it until you taste it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just get you some, and then you'll be like, yeah, I get it now. 
I can stand up here all day and, and, and pull my hair out. You can see it already happen and, and just tell you about how good the Lord is and how he changes your heart and your life and he removes your old desires and sets your feet on the new path and he's faithful even when you're not, when you still mess up. I can tell you all that, but until you experience Jesus in your life, you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. It'll just always be church to you. It's about something different. That's what Zechariah was calling them back to. You do spiritual things, but you neglect walking by the Spirit and according to his word. That was the message. Get back to it. That's the message to all of us today. So after that first point where God is speaking to you, and I think we've covered that thoroughly. Second point, God is over you from this passage in Ezra in chapter 5. Not only is God speaking to you, God is over you. Did they really need to be reminded of that? Do we need to be reminded of that? Absolutely. God is over you. God is over me. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Do you live that? Because that's where it really gets different. You can know it, but not live it. Do you live it? Do you live that way? That's what Ezra is coming from the word of God back to them through Haggai and Zechariah and say, hey, God's over you. What does that mean? God's sovereign. Is he sovereign over your life, though? A lot of people realize and know God's sovereign over the world. Have you let him be sovereign over you? Have you got out of the driver's seat and put Jesus there? Have you? Or are you still trying to drive with Jesus in the passenger seat? That's the problem with too many claimed followers of Christ. And that's a dangerous place to be because if you're driving, you're going to mess up. You are. Step over and let him take the wheel. I know it's a cliche and I know it's a, a country song. <laughs> But it's so applicable. Has he became Lord of your life? Is he? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. There's no in-between. You can read the New Testament and figure that out. Even Jesus himself said that. Is he Lord over you? These people needed that reminder, and so do we. Psalms 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Psalm 115, 3, But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. He is Lord. What's the application for us for that? Besides letting him be Lord of our life. We are not Lord. Oh. Let me say it again. You and I are a different way. You and I are Lord over nothing. Put it that way. So stop acting like you and me and we own our finances. You don't. They're not yours. Stop acting like you own your car that you drove in here today. You don't. Stop acting like you own your house. You don't. Stop acting like you have control over your health by yourself. You don't. You're not Lord over nothing. Stop acting like your life is yours to live the way you want to live it. That's not biblical. God is sovereign. He is Lord over all or he's not Lord at all. Do you have Jesus in the driver's seat or the passenger seat of your life? That's the question. If he's in the passenger seat, you're just playing church. The call is to return. Oh, Lord, who are you speaking to? I bet it's a bunch of us. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to be another one of those guys. There's too many of them in the world and in the church that just live for themselves and, and run their own life and just have Jesus in the passenger seat and try to claim his name and don't live one single minute for him unless they have a problem they need Jesus to try to help them out in. There's too many of them in the world. Don't be another one. Live in total surrender to a holy God who has the blueprint of your life and has his plan better for you than you could ever live it out yourself. Do you know that and trust that? That's the message of God's word. He is speaking and he is over us. 
Am I living this out the way God wants me to? And the way I think, the way I spend, oh, there's a big one. The way I live. Look at the passage here in Haggai. Remember when it said that you've sown much, but you've harvested little? Almost like, man, you have everything. You indulge in everything. You have drink, but you never have enough drink. You have food, but you never have enough food. You ever felt like that? You're just living for yourself, and you just feel like there's never enough. I'm never getting anywhere. I'm like a hamster just running on that little wheel. Dude ain't going nowhere. We just run, 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 run. Sweat just pouring out. Run, 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 run. Do you feel like that spiritually sometimes? Maybe it's because you're lording over yourself and not letting the Lord lord over you. Is he in control of everything? Your wages, your money, even says it there. It's like you earn wages, but it's like you're doing it and you're putting it in a bag with holes in it. That hole's not the gas pump, by the way, (laughs) or your kids. It's what God does when you're not doing it his way. He just lets it leak on out. Do you know that? Go back to Malachi and see how, God, how serious God takes the finances. Why? Does he want your money? Absolutely not. What does he want? He wants your heart. If you just give him your heart, you don't have to worry about thinking and, uh, about financial stuff and, and where you're going to do, where you're going to do. It's all mapped out. 10% goes to the Lord. Give extra if you got it. And then live your life pleasing and holy to him. And, and have every purchase be, you know, do you ever pray this? Lord, sh- should I buy this vehicle? Should I buy this house? Do you ever pray that? Or, Lord, would you have me give some of that to your work? That's a spiritually mature question to ask. Have you ever done it? Or do you just go, whoop, spin, whoop, spin, 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 new house, new car, new house, new car, new clothes, all kinds of dinner appetizers, spin, 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 and then tip God. Where's your heart? It's what Haggai's saying. Man, you, you make wages, but it's an empty hole in that bag. You're just spending it for nothing. Where's it going? Where's your heart? I tell you where your heart is, it's where your treasure is. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? You can open your own bank account and figure that out and let the Lord talk. So we come into our third point, our final point in Ezra there in this passage in chapter 5. Then it's that God is for you. So God is speaking to you, God is over you, and God is for you. We see the passage here where it says they arose and they began to build. So if we go back to to Haggai and we see the second half of that chapter 1, we're not going to read it for time's sake, but you'll read and you'll see that the Lord said, hey, I'm with you. I'm for you. After he, the word had come against him, remember, hey, man, you're doing all this, you're, you're spending wrong, you're doing wrong, everything, but I'm for you. I want you back. And then it says this in the end of Haggai. The Lord started to stir in their hearts again. Do you remember that from way back in chapter 1? Where the Lord began to stir in their hearts. Hey, the Lord's faithful. He does it again. Even when we're not faithful, he is. He's coming back. He wants to come back and restore you and renew you. Maybe you've tried to return to him multiple times and you've fallen flat on your face. God wants to help you back up. Yes, he wants to convict you with his word, but he never condemns you. That's the enemy's message to you is condemnation. You stay down. You're, worth, you're not worth anything. You'll never do anything for the Lord. You've messed up. That's from the enemy. That's not from God. God's word is you're in the wrong place. I'll help you up. Let's get this right and live according to my word this time. That's the convicting message that brings hope and life and restoration. And that's the message that's coming here. God is for you in this second half of Haggai. The Lord stirred in them. And then I love it where it says the prophets joined in, even in the help. In this uh, passage, we're working on the Lord. Don't you love it when you have spiritual leaders who don't mind getting their hands dirty? That's what it's all about anyway. Man, that's what Jesus' word was. He came to serve, not to be served. It's not about standing up here barking orders, barking orders. That's the world's idea of leadership. God's idea of leadership is you get busy with the rest of us. That's what it's about. That's spiritual guidance and leadership. The prophets joined in with them. God's moving everybody together according to his will in his way. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. So how long has your progress been stopped? How long have you been hiding, retreating? How long have you been neglecting God 
in his word in your life, doing your own thing? How long has it been since you've truly, really walked in obedience to God and his word? Have you ever done it? Or have you just prayed a prayer, shed a few tears, come to church a few times, but you've never really walked any different? If that's you today, let's get it right today. Because that's not salvation. That's not. Salvation is the spirit of God entering you and changing you through a repentant heart, not just through words that are spoken. It's not a magic prayer that saves you. It's your heart that you believe in are justified, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. Has your heart been justified? I love 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. That's King James. Hold on, hold on, what? The eyes of the Lord, think about this. Search the whole earth, looking, searching for somebody whose heart is right before him. No ulterior motives. None. No making excuses for sin. Yeah, I messed up, but man, I'm not living in that stuff anymore, Lord. Help me. Help me defeat this. Help me overcome this. Is your heart like that? God's looking for a man, a woman, a high schooler, a kid, a college student who wants to stand for Jesus in this world that's gone a wrong way. He's searching. Will he find you faithful? That word perfect doesn't mean perfect. We're nowhere never perfect. We're only perfect through the blood of Christ washed over us. You read other passages, it's the word, you ready? Blameless. Are you blameless? It's the word loyal. Are you loyal to God and his word? Or are you more loyal to yourself and your pocketbook or the world than you are to Christ and his word? God's searching for somebody whose heart's right because then what's he going to do? He's going to prove himself strong. Oh, come on, church. He wants to prove himself strong in your life. Will you get your heart right? Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, whatever's knocked you down, he wants to prove himself strong in your life. Will you rise up in Christ and defeat whatever's defeating you today? You, somebody ought to be giving Jesus a ground. I'm, I'm sweating up here. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Man. It's such a great word for all of us. We're all here at some point. I love what Dr. Fall always used to say. You're always either coming out of a valley, going into a valley, or in a valley. That's it. And that's not just gloom and doom on your life. What that does, it, it, it resets our mindset to realize that there's going to be hard times, struggles in our life. We have to be ready to overcome and defeat them. It doesn't mean every single moment of your life's gonna be bad. No, 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 no. There's gonna be great times, powerful times. God, where you're on the mountaintop and you see victories in your life, but then that's gonna strengthen you so you're ready for the next battle. That's what it's about. That's Jesus in your life. He's speaking, He's over you, He wants to walk with you. So don't quit. It's so easy for all of us to wanna quit. Because life's hard and his struggles are real. Second Chronicles 16, 9, his eyes search to and fro throughout the whole world, searching for the heart that honors him, that's loyal to him, because he's going to prove himself strong on your behalf. Are you ready for that in your life, or are you going to stay down and make excuses? Will you get up today? If life is all an ocean that all of us are going across, I can promise you we are not going to have smooth sailing. No such thing. Christ didn't promise that. What he did promise is that he's going to be with us all the way across to the end. And you're going to get to the other side. Do you trust him? Do you believe that? An oak tree, a mighty oak tree, starts with just a little seed. And it's dependent upon the soil that it's in. And then as it grows, it has to, to wither droughts in the beating sun. And then as it grows stronger, it has to come against wind and storms that, that push against it and want to uproot it. It has to defeat the ice and the snow that hangs off its limbs and want to break it apart. And each and every year, as it endures that adversity, it gets stronger. It digs its roots deeper to that which gives it life so that it can restrain and endure the storms that it's facing. How about you? 
you will not grow. You will not strengthen apart from a storm in your life. I promise you. Stop running from the storm and start running to the God over the storm in your life. God wants to prove himself faithful to you. Will you walk with him? Will you walk with him? Because persistence overcomes resistance every single time. Persistence overcomes resistance. And resistance is necessary in our life. Resistance is necessary. The resistance of water floats a boat. The resistance of air flies a plane. The resistance of gravity strengthened your bones and muscles so that you could walk. Resistance is necessary to give you strength. Will you endure it? God wants to use it in your life. But we have to do it his way. Are you ready for that? As we overcome storms, we get stronger. And everyone that we overcome gives us greater faith, a stronger faith. And get this, a stronger confidence in ourselves and in the God we serve. And then inside that confidence, we have a new capacity to take on bigger and stronger things for Jesus. Don't resist what God wants to do in your life. He sent a lion to David for him to beat. He sent a bear to David for him to beat before he put a giant in his face. I want you to think about that. And with each victory, he became stronger in his faith and his walk with the Lord to know that when he faced the giant, and he even said it, just like he overcome the lion and the bear, that God would prevail. Do you have that kind of faith? Does your faith have experience like that. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Because God is trying to transform you and me into a warrior for his kingdom. He's trying to grow us from a a small cub to a roaring lion for his glory. And it's never going to happen if we live for ourselves, quit on God, live a life of sin and the things of this world separated from him, we're always going to experience defeat. But God's reaching his hand today and said, I want to help you up. Will you do it his way? Will you return to his word and walk in obedience to his word? No more doing life your way, doing life his way. Are you ready for that step, for that change in your life? Then let's make it right now, today. Haggai and Zechariah showed up on the scene when these Israelites were down, where they had stopped working on what the, what the Lord had placed them there to do. And he said, wake up. And he said, wake up. And I believe the message of the Lord these past three weeks and even today to us is to wake up. And let's get busy about what God's called us to do in your life. The Lord's speaking. The Lord is over you. The Lord is for you. So why don't you return to him right now? Don't quit. Dare to get up. Bow your head. Close your eyes right now. I want to know if there's anybody in here today. The Lord's been speaking these past few weeks and specifically today. And you said, Brad, there's something I'm facing in my life that I have no control over. And it's defeated me. I feel hopeless. I'm fearful. I'm anxious about the future. And I feel like I'm down. And I need prayer that the Lord would give me the strength to get up. If that's you and you're struggling with anything, something, whatever it is like that in your life, would you just raise your hand and say, Brad, I'm struggling. I need prayer. I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up. I want to experience everything God has. Amen. Put your hands down. I wonder if there's somebody here today They might say, Brad, I I know right now after the Lord's speaking through this message that my first victory in my life is going to be making him Lord, truly Lord, to receive him. Maybe that's for the first time. You've never accepted Jesus. You've never made him Lord of your life. Maybe you've walked in and out of church doors. Maybe you might even said a little prayer, maybe when you was five or something like that. But there's been no change. There's been no walk with the Spirit. There's been no no nothing in your life that's different. Would you return then today? Would you fall on your knees and ask God to meet you where you're at and to forgive you and to walk with you and to be Lord over you? Will you surrender and repent of your sin like that? 
For the first time, if you need to do that, I'm going to lead you through a prayer from your heart to God's heart. And again, like I said earlier, this is not a magic prayer. The prayer doesn't save you. You won't find this prayer anywhere in the Bible. It's about a heart of repentance and surrender and putting your life in God's hands. If you're ready to do that 100% right now today, yes, I want you to speak to God from your heart to his right now and pray this prayer from your heart to God's heart. Or if you're here and you say, Brad, I've, I've walked with the Lord at one time, but lately the fires went out. I've got off path. I've been living for myself, the things of this world. I haven't been doing anything according to him. I've been spending the way I want to spend, living life the way I want to live. It's just been all about me, by me, and for me. And today I want to repent. I want to rededicate my life to him and come back to him. If that's you, I invite you to do business with God right here today from your heart to God's heart. So to receive it for the first time or rededicate your life, just say, dear Lord, I admit to you right now that I am a sinner and I have fallen short of your glory. And I am in need of you, my Savior. I'm tired of living life on my own and doing it my own way. And today I come to you and I repent and I surrender my life to you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross that I can have forgiveness of my sin. And from this day forward, I commit my life to you. Thank you for raising him from the grave three days later, proving that he is God. And Lord, I want to claim that same victory right now in my life. Lord, I need it. So my commitment to you as I return to you is I want you to f find my heart loyal to you. Give me your spirit. Give me your strength, Father, to do and overcome the things that I cannot because my life from this point forward is all about you, by you, and for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer right here today, you've been in business with God for the first time or you rededicated your life to him boldly and unashamed. You did business with God right there. Would you raise your hand and say, Brad, I prayed that prayer. I did business with God. Amen. I see hands. If I don't see hands, it doesn't matter. God sees them. That's more important. Amen. Impact Church, can we give the Lord a big round of applause? Thank you for, for his word, for his truth. I say every week, but I don't know how much more applicable it can get than it's been the past few weeks. But let's take this and let's go out and live it, guys. Don't quit. Let's strengthen ourselves in him. It's, it's not our strength, it's, it's his strength. Why? Because it's not our mission, it's his mission. Whatever mission he has set you on and placed in your heart, he will carry to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good for the proper time. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't quit. Let's take this message. Let's go make an impact for Jesus this week. Thanks again for joining us today. The Lord is truly doing an amazing work and we would love for you to be a part of it. Check out the show notes for links to our website and social media pages. Or if you're ever in the Lynchburg or Forest, Virginia area, please come on by and join us in making an impact for Christ. <laughs>